pull out your digital message notes. I'm going to dive right into the message today. We're in a series entitled Running with the Giants. Um, how many enjoyed Pastor Salim last weekend continuing the series? Didn't he do a great job? Man, I just love Pastor Salim. And yeah, hey, I'll tell you a quick fact. Last week, he pulled up a young man in the first service. His name is Trevor. And uh, here's something that's cool. When I was watching through the stream and I saw Trevor up there, I thought, man, that's pretty amazing because you don't know it yet, but we actually support Trevor. Trevor is a missionary to India. And uh, we're excited as a church we've partnered with him for the next two years. He's chosen to live his life in the, one of the most dangerous areas of India for someone who's spreading the gospel. It's actually illegal to spread the gospel, and it's very hostile to Christians. And so you didn't know that, but him standing up here, I thought, what a fitting illustration, because I believe Trevor is a giant of the faith. He's going out there. And so thank you for your generosity uh, and, and being a part of supporting missionaries all over the world. I look for the day when Trevor comes back and, and, and tells us the great stories of what God has done. And, and then we talked about Terry. It's Terry, Tracy's son. We're going to take a trip to India. How many would like to go take a trip to go see him? And so we're going to go out and see him and see what God is doing. But I thought that was such a great illustration using him. We're in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, this is our theme verse. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. So this whole scripture really in essence what it's saying is that there is a race that God has called you to run. There's a race that I've been called to run. And so we're to run this race with perseverance. And here's the cool thing. As you live your life, as you run this race, that there are a cloud of witnesses in heaven, and the Bible says that they're watching us, and they're looking, and they're cheering us on. So imagine everything that we do in our life, that there are people that have gone before us that are cheering you on, saying, go, Jason, go, Rachel. You guys got it. It's amazing to see what God's doing in your life. And, and I know it's like, really, they're doing that? Yeah, really, they're doing that. They're saying, come on, you know, I, I can just see him talking about, oh, that's my boy, oh, that's my girl, come on, man, we can do this. And, and John Maxwell actually wrote a book called Running with the Giants, and he had this brilliant idea. What if you could take some of those, those cloud of witnesses, those heroes of the faith, and pull them out of the crowd, out of the stand, and they could run a lap of life with you? So in your life, they come alongside and they, they would encourage you and say, go, Jim, you got this, you got this, man. But, but what if they could run with you? What would their life say? What would they speak to us? And that's really the whole concept of running with the giants, that they would speak to us. Their lives would, would encourage us with truth from God's word. And today we're going to talk about Mary the mother of Jesus. Now, most people know who Mary is. She's probably the most famous woman in the Bible, and truly she's an inspiration to us. And her courage and her obedience have impacted every one of our lives, and she's a hero to all of us. Now, to some, they have made her a saint, and some people actually pray to Mary. Now, we don't pray to Mary. We pray to God. And what we do is we say we're thankful for her life, we're thankful for what she has done, we're thankful for her obedience, and that there are some things that we can learn from the life of Mary. Now, one of the biggest things Mary teaches us is that God calls us to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. Can I get an amen? 
How many have ever had a moment where God has asked you to do something outside of your comfort zone? I mean, my life is full of moments where God says do something and it's outside of our comfort zone. And I believe many times when God does this, he does this in God moments. It's like these moments when he speaks to our hearts and these moments when he begins to drop something inside of us. And a lot of time, these God moments, they'll change us forever. And the funny thing about these God moments is most of the time they happen when you least expect it. When God speaks to your heart, it's not really in a situation where you're expecting him to speak to you. It's in some crazy situation, some place that maybe you never thought he would speak, but he did. Now, it doesn't always happen like that. I mean, we work hard here at the church to help set up God moment environments like the worship and the flow time that God would speak to. You know, about a year ago, God spoke to me in a moment of worship. I wasn't here at the church. I was at the art conference. And for those of you that don't know, we are part of the Association of Related Churches. And so uh, we were at the conference that we hold a couple of times a year. I was sitting in the auditorium with Phyllis and Pastor Jensen Franklin was speaking. Anybody ever heard of Pastor Jensen Franklin? So he's speaking and God is talking through him to me. And he says this thing to, to everybody, but I felt like he was talking to me. Anybody had a moment where someone said something and it's, uh, that, he, he says, listen, if you're going to reach your city, you got to love your city. And I'm like, Woo! I love my city. And I felt like in that moment, God said, no, son, you don't love your city. You love people. And I thought, well, God, isn't that the same? Like, like, no, I love my city. And I felt like the Lord said, no, no, you love people. I want to give you a love for your city. And so about a year ago, how many remember me doing the crosswalk? The crosswalk around the city. Those of you that don't know, I wrestle with God. And I'm like, God, I love my city. He's like, no, you don't. I'm like, I love my city. He's like, you love people. And we're going back and forth. And none of this was audible. It's all right here. And so I'm just wrestling. And he said, if you love your city, walk around your city and pray for it. And I'm like, well, that's easy. There's no problem. So I called Steve and I said, hey, bro, can you do a map around our city? I'm thinking, you know, just a couple of miles. 52 miles later, I'm like, yo, God, are you sure? I'm like, I'm going to walk it. He said, no, no, not, not only do I want you to walk it, I want you to put a cross on your back. I'm like, hold up, God, I could walk without a cross. Like, it don't take, a, and no, no, I want you to walk with a cross on your back and I want you to walk around and I want you to pray for this city. It was a God moment that changed me and what it did was I began to weep over our city, pray over our city. See, it's not just this region, but it's the city of Rosenberg. And when we reach our city, it will flow over into other parts of the world. God can talk to you in a shower. You got your rhythm, you're doing all, you're singing, God talks to you. How many get some great ideas in the shower? A lot of times that's God speaking to you in the shower. And so you could be in prayer, you can have a moment of prayer. You could be at Saturday morning prayer at 8 a.m. and God can talk to you. I always try to have something to write with because it's like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I got to be ready, right? God, just, just let me get ready for what you're going to speak in my life. Now, God could talk in other ways. He could talk in a dream while you're sleeping. I remember in 2009, it was February 7th, something special about February 7th. I had no idea it was February 7th. About to take a nap, go into sleep. Phyllis took all the babies to a women conference. Back then, they were all little. We had a couple of them, not four, but a couple. And she said, I'll take all the babies. I'm like, yes, I get to sleep. Come on, any new parents know what I'm talking about, all the men. So I lay down, take a nap, and I felt the Lord said, get up, I want to show you something. And I thought, devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> I haven't had any sleep. 
that surely ain't God. And I lay down. I'm like, that's just like the enemy trying to steal my rest. And I'm laying down, and the voice got softer. Get up, and I'll show you something. And I thought, no, that ain't God. God wants me to rest. And the third time it happened, it got even softer, which scared me. I knew in that moment this was God, because God doesn't scream with a megaphone. He whispers with the gentleness of a loving Savior. And so then what we have to do is respond. And out of that, God birthed youth can lead, which is something that we do here at the church. And this year, we're recommitting back to doing it at least twice a year. And whatever God wants to do, raising up young people to minister all over the world. I mean, it can happen in the movies. This last, last month, Phyllis and I went and watched The Shack. Anybody see The Shack? I'm like crying, bawling, love it, hate it, agree with it, don't agree with it. God used that movie. I, it's the only movie I've ever watched and took two pages of notes. Like I'm on my phone. I'm like, oh, ooh, good Lord, that was good. Mm, my, I'm crying, I'm weeping, I'm laughing. It's, it's all. So my point is this. A God moment can happen when you least expect it. But I would tell you that I believe everybody here, God wants to speak to you and has already spoken to you. And he does it because he wants to put something inside of you. Look, Moses, God spoke to him through a burning bush. Joseph, God spoke to him in a dream. David, God spoke to him through the prophet. And look, Mary, God spoke to her through the angel. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 30. It says, but the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. So the angel speaks to Mary and deposits inside of her heart a promise that God's going to do, that you're going to conceive and give birth to a son. See, God wants to deposit something on the inside of you. He wants to deposit a dream on the inside of you. He wants to deposit a ministry. He wants to deposit an idea, a business. God is always looking to put these deposits on the inside of you. I would say it like this. God wants to impregnate you with a promise. That promise on the inside is what gives us hope to live for something greater. That every one of you, I don't care about your background, I don't care where you came from, what you've done. God of heaven wants to deposit a promise on the inside of you. And it's always about the future. It's never about where you're at right now. It's always about what could be. It's about the possibility. And I would say this, some of you are pregnant this morning with potential. That God has deposited his potential on the inside of you. Whatever that idea is, whatever the business is, whatever the ministry is, I don't know, but God has put something on the inside of you. And some of you are afraid because it seems impossible. Some of you are afraid because it's like, God, are you sure it's me that you want to? That's okay. That's Mary's response that this is too great for God. God, this is, how is it going to be? It's almost impossible. Look at what she says. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, how's it going to be? Look, God, what you just said is actually naturally impossible. It, it, there's no way for this to take place. But I love this, that it wasn't her job to make the miracle happen. It was her job to say yes. That God, you are the God of the impossible. And, and really what we've got to do is say yes in our heart and be willing to take risk with our lives. Step out in faith and do whatever it is that God is asking you to do with your life. And the most difficult part of taking a risk, if I could just be honest, is this. It's the fact that you're risking your reputation. 
Right? It's, it's the fact that, man, what are people going to say? Look at Mary. When she said yes, her friends are like, God, it's like, God, what are my friends going to think? God, what, what is, what's Joseph going to think? What are the religious going to think? What's my mom and my dad going to think? See, she, she had the potential to be scared away because she could lose her reputation. And I would say this, if you want to build God's reputation, you've got to be willing to risk your reputation. That God, I'm willing to go all out. I'm willing to look foolish. I'm willing to step out and to risk everything. See, if you don't, you won't be like Noah who built the ark. If you're not willing to step out and take a risk, you won't be like Peter who walked on the water. If you're not willing to take a risk, you won't be like Joshua who saw the walls of Jericho fall down and began to take dominion over the promised land. You won't be like David. See, David was willing to take a risk. Yeah, I'm young. Yeah, I'm a shepherd boy. I'm not going out in Saul's armor. I'm going out with a slingshot, which is how God made me. Listen, God made you uniquely. You don't need to be like me, like Pastor Steve, like Jeremiah, anybody else. You be the best version of you. And you say, God, I'm going to step out and take a risk. I'm going to step out and do what you've asked me to do. I'm going to trust you. And this is what I would say. The promise is conceived when we say yes. Look at verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. See, Mary's job was simply to believe and to say, yes, God's job was to do the miracle. And this is what I would say. God has spoken something, I believe, to every person. But, but what we've got to do is say, God, yes. Not maybe. Not possibly. Not I'll think about it. She didn't respond, well, let me think about what that's going to cost me. I'll tell you, there's got to be a resolve on the inside that when God speaks, no matter what it is, he says, you say, yes, God, I'll do it. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but you do. And you're the God of the impossible. Look at what Mark 10, 27 says. With God, some things are possible. With God, a few things are possible. With God, come on, let me hear you say it. With God, all things are possible. All things. He is a limitless God. In fact, what he's looking for are people that are willing to say yes so that he can prove how good he really is. I believe this with all of my heart. Listen to me. God doesn't want any Christian to live a mundane life. I believe it. Think about this. The God of the universe, the God of heaven, who lives on the inside of us, who moves through our life. How can your life be ordinary? How could we just live these mundane lives? It's impossible. Why? Because God is the God of the impossible. What he's looking for are men and women that are willing to walk on the water. Men and women that are willing to say, I don't care what I look like. I don't care. Why? Because what you've got on the inside, the world needs. People that say, God, I'm going to do it. I, I, I'm going to step out. That's what he's looking for. Men and women willing to go out on a limb and believe that God will do what he said. Mark chapter 5, verse 36 says, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. I just say, hey, just, just believe. You're, you're, you're in good company if you're not sure how it's going to happen. See, our responsibility is to believe. And I would say that you've got to focus on the promise, not the path. I'm preaching about 67% better than your amen. And <clears throat> maybe 68. You got to focus on the promise, not the path. 
It never happens the way that you think it's going to happen. It never happens like X, Y, Z, A, B, C. It never goes in order. It's always outside of the way that you thought it was going to happen. Think about Mary. So, so imagine with me, Joanne, imagine you guys... Cheyenne, imagine you, so the angel has visited you. You're 12 to 14 years old. There's not a whole lot of paradigm in your life. The, 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 the angel says you're going to birth the son of God. His name is Jesus. He's going to basically bring change, revolution, healing, and hope to the world. And I'm going to use you to do it. How many think Jesus is going to be born in a palace? Oh, he's going to have a baby bed that's going to be made of gold. And diamonds and rubies. I mean, for real, how many think, like, like, baby, I'm about to birth the son of God. Not the fact that she's, she's going to give birth to him in a barn. He's going to be in a manger. The paradigm is, what, what we got to fight is what's your expectation of what God is going to do and how he's going to do it. No, 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 no. It's not how he's going to do it. It's what he's going to do. He put a promise inside. You're going to birth him. His name is Jesus. He's going to save the world. How many would think that Mary thought, man, surely at the end of Jesus' life, he's going to be crucified in the worst way possible. He's going to be hung on a cross and he's going to die. It's going to be terrible torture, the worst we've ever seen. How many know that that probably was not Mary's expectation? I'll tell you, the promise always brings pain and frustration. Some of you say, well, God's put something on the inside of me. I'm a little frustrated. I'm feeling a little pain. Can I tell you, you're in good company. Pain and frustration are always part of the path, but you don't keep your eyes focused on the path. You keep your eye focused on the promise. God, this is what you gave to me. God, this is what you spoke to me. God, this is your idea. I don't care what devil in hell tries to stop me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And we get sidetracked because we look at the path. Well, God, he wouldn't make me go through this. Can I tell you, he cares more about your character than your comfort. And so, yeah, he probably would allow the enemy to do that. He didn't cause it, but he's working something out inside of you. He's setting you up for a miracle in your life. And we've got to say, God, I focus on your promise. I focus on you. And Lord, I thank you that no matter what I go through, you never leave me or forsake me. Mary's life was really turned upside down because of this promise. Look, Simeon, in Luke chapter 2, verse 34, look at what he says. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. There's always a polarization around Jesus. If you think that everybody, no, they're either going to love you, hate you. Like there's just, Jesus polarizes it says, he has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And check this out. And a sword will pierce your very soul. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, hey, I got a promise. You mean I got to walk through pain? You mean I got to experience this frustration? Yeah, it's part of the promise. We all will walk through pain in our life. And that's why it is so important for us to live life with people. That we've got to do life in community. We've got to stay connected with people who encourage us along our path. Look at Luke 156. Now, now we see Elizabeth, she is now pregnant with John, who would later be known John the Baptist. Mary's pregnant with Jesus, and they're hanging out together for about three months. What do you think they were doing? 
They're encouraging one another. They're saying, hey, we can do this. We're going to make this. I don't know what God has on the inside of us, but we can do this together. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. It says basically the same thing, that we need to stay connected. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Everybody say encouraging. Encouraging one another. You can't encourage someone when you're isolated. You can't encourage someone if you're not living in their life. And it says, all the more as you see the day approaching, who you do life with is important. Who you live in community with is absolutely critical. You've got to find people that are going in the same direction as you. You've got to find people that hold the same values as you. In four weeks, we're launching our summer semester of small groups. We do six weeks in the summer, and through the fall and the spring, we do 12 weeks. And I would encourage you this, that you've got to grab a group of people that you can connect with, that you can do life with. Why? Because there's a promise on the inside of you. And many walk through the path hurting and frustrating, experiencing pain, but you've got nobody to walk through life with. So you grab a hold of people and say, hey, listen, let's do this life together. You know, if, I always encourage, that's why we do free market. Because I want to encourage you to get with people that do what you like, that are living in kind of the same lane as you're living in. Why? Because that makes it easier for us all to be on the same page. And so getting in a small group is part of the process. It's critical. And I think the last thing Mary would say this morning is this. God wants to birth the promise that's inside of you to bring healing to the world that's around you. See, isn't that, isn't that the amazing thing? I mean, when you look at it, listen to me, church. The promise is not about you. I mean, when you look at the life of Mary, it, Jesus brought her great joy. Yes, there was pain and sorrow and she got to experience it, but really, Jesus was for the world. I mean, it, it was so much bigger than just her. And I would say this, the reason the enemy tries to stop God's words that go into your heart, whatever situation he speaks to you in, is because he knows God's words, that seed that is deposited, when it comes to fruition, when it's realized that promise will defeat the devil. It's not even about you. Now, here's the cool thing. When we have a dream like this, this church, you know, I get so much joy and fulfillment and love from what God is doing in this place. But this church isn't about me. It's about reaching the world around us. It's about bringing God's kingdom of light to a world that is full of pain and death and frustration and anger and bitterness. And so whatever God speaks to you, yes, you get enjoyment out of it. It's awesome. It's great. But let us never forget your promise is not God's promise if it doesn't bring them closer to Jesus. So listen, God may have put a business inside. I believe, hey, listen, I believe God spoke to me years ago that, that this church would raise up millionaires by the age of 21. Millionaires. It's done. I've already seen it. I pray it into existence. How many can agree with me? Some of your young men and women be millionaires. Release it. 
One God idea will open the floodgates of the world's wealth into the kingdom of God. But this is what you got to know. That business is not about you. So what you got to know, when you make that money, it ain't about you. Yes, you get the benefits. Listen, you got to have a nice house. Nice. Live on your level. That's what I say. Whatever your level is, don't judge a millionaire who's living in a mansion. He's a millionaire. You're not. I'm not. Let a millionaire live on their level and let God speak to them at whatever their level of contentment is. But what I know is this. God uses that to funnel finances into his kingdom to fight back the kingdom of darkness. I love Bobby Little. Where's Bobby? He's back here playing the bass. He, he's, how many know Bobby Little? Bobby and Sonia Little? You know, he's a realtor, and he sells insurance. And so uh, you know, every time I've ever seen his interaction, he said, listen, I'm a realtor, but listen, I love Jesus. I, I needed some advice on some health insurance, and he said, hey, listen, man, you, you, he, he said that. He started praying for me about health insurance. I'm like, praise God, brother fantastic. Amen. Let's get the best price, the best policy. Favor, favor, favor. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to give favor, let's pray it, right? This is what I love. Bobby always tells me, Jesus first, business second. Why? Because he gets this. God birthed the promise, but the promise is to bring healing to the world around me. I don't know how many know Stefan and Rose Luton. I don't know. Are you in this service, Stefan and Rose? So I don't know. Are you back there? Wait, is that Stefan somewhere? I don't know. Okay, that's all right. We'll, we'll holler at him later. Um, he works and he serves. He doesn't work. He serves in the hub. I don't know if you know this, but in 2014, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so, man, just a real struggle of his faith. I remember walking through with it and, and, and him coming and saying, you know, but God is greater. I, I don't know what God's doing, but, but he's greater. And he went through 12 rounds of chemo or radiation treatments, 12 rounds of radiation treatments. And now this day, right now, he is cancer-free. <clears throat> but I think it was about a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, he came up to me and he said, Pastor, when I went through that, I realized that there is such a need for people to experience the love of God while they're getting treatment, while they're walking through this, we've got to create some kind of support system for people that maybe they're experiencing cancer, their family is, they walk through it. I mean, we just, we got to do this. And you know what I told him? I said, brother, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's find a way. And the way we do ministries here, he launched a ministry in our small groups. It's the cancer care ministry here at the church. And him and seven or eight other people just graduated. Isn't that right, Clay? Y'all just graduated from the school that teaches them how to effectively minister to people who have cancer or loved ones that have cancer. This is what I'm saying. God put a promise, God put a dream, God put a ministry on the inside of him that was bigger than him. He didn't know how to do it. I remember him saying, I don't know what to do. I said, if you'll figure it out, we'll back you the whole way. And listen, for you, I believe there are prison ministries that haven't been launched yet. I believe there are people that need to minister more to even suicide and, and young pregnant mothers. And I know we got them here in the city, but there are dreams inside of you. See, your pain can be a prison or it can be a platform. Some of you, whatever pain you walk through, don't let it be your prison. Let God free you. Go through our life small groups and then let that past be a platform to reach those that are experiencing what you experienced. And so ultimately, listen, that promise that's inside of you, God, he wants to birth it. You got you to release the limits. God, I, th this is what I would say. Just say yes. 
See, some of you are saying, well, maybe, because God, you don't know my path. You don't know how in that, you don't know that I didn't actually graduate from high school. God don't care. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And he put it inside of you. Do you think he thinks that's a barrier? Like, God, if you only knew how much is in my bank account, or how little's in my bank account. Hey, no, no, no. You just say yes. Yes. Let's be like Mary. Let's birth the promise of God. See this community touch. See, it's never going to happen just in the context of a Sunday morning. What my responsibility is, and this is what I believe is the power of what you're seeing here in the church, is I'm called to raise up what God has already brought here. Like, you've got it. Whatever, whatever solution this city needs, it's already in the church. So I got to just raise it up. God, let's say yes. Let's say yes. How do we do it? I don't know, but I'll walk with you. I don't know. Our small group leaders will walk with you. Our pastors will walk with you. Let's see the promise of God birthed on the inside of us. Amen? Let me just pray over us. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. God, I pray that you would continue to work inside of us. Lord, I'm just reminded Mary was just a little teenage girl. We look at her now as a hero of faith, but honestly, what made her so heroic is she just said yes, and she kept saying yes, and she kept saying, okay, I don't understand, but I, I, I'm going to keep saying yes, and Lord, I pray that you would raise up a church, just every person in this place, that we would just respond to what you speak to us and what you have spoken in our hearts. Lord, would you just allow us just to say yes? Whatever it is, an idea, business, dream, whatever it is, God, just would you just tell him yes right now? Or if you feel comfortable, maybe you just talk to him in this moment. Maybe you could just, come on. God, I just, we say yes. We don't have to rush right now. I, just, I feel like the Lord's doing something deep in some of your hearts. Some of you hadn't felt qualified. God's going to qualify you. Stay connected. Be a part of the journey. Join with people. It's not going to be easy. I feel like somebody's here right now too. Listen, you started to say yes and the devil just started to attack you. It seemed like everything began to fall apart. I just want to pray courage and strength and grace in your life. You got to know that that attack is from the enemy and it's because he knows how powerful that promise is that's on the inside of you. Father, right now, I pray for whoever that is. Lord, would you touch them? God, that you are not defeated. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. And right now, I pray for strength and courage and grace. Whoever that is, Lord, right now, give them what they need to live the life you've called them to live. Father, we worship you. We praise you. Now, I want to take just a minute. If that's you this or this morning, listen. Can 
we sing Holy Spirit? Can we just stand up for a second? Really, we're asking God to move in this moment, aren't we? God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord, oh Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come on, let's sing. That. Come flood this place and fill the sense today we're going to close just a little bit differently can I have my pastors come down and come to the front and my ministry team if you guys will come some in the front we'll split it up a little I sense there's some of you you, you just need someone to agree with you you just need God to move on your behalf and you just want someone to come into agreement look we got our pastors our ministry team is down here and what I want to do is I'm going to actually open it up right now. Don't leave because I'll dismiss in just a minute. We're going to sing this one or two times. And if that's you, you say, Pastor, I, I just need somebody to pray with me. And I don't know what it is, but you just feel like someone just agree with me, pray with me about this situation. I want to open this up while we're in this moment. Is this okay? Can we do this? Okay, so I'm going to do this. We're going to sing that one more time, a couple more times. And then I'm going to open this up and you guys come and get ministry as you need. Come on, let's worship though. Come on, let's worship.
to shout. Declare this to God this morning. you're doing this morning. Lord, you're stirring things up inside of us. I just sense it's a deep work. Lord, birth the promise that you put inside. We love you. We praise you, God. I just continue your work. God, that what this city needs, I believe it's sitting in this room right now. Would you unlock that in the hearts of every person? That in government, I even sense someone right now, even government, God's calling you. Maybe it's politics. Lord, I release that in their life. We need great Christian politicians. And right now we release that in their life. How's it going to happen? I don't know, but you do. Father, we release that. Lord, education, teachers, people that birth inside of them to go and to, to get a teaching certificate or degree. God, we just release that inside of the missions. I sense God right now releasing missions in the heart of someone in this place. You say, God, I don't know how I'm going to get there. How do I raise the money? God's got the plan. You just say yes to the promise. Father, we just continue to ask you to release that in our hearts. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I believe there are some in this place right now, when we talk about connecting your promise to Jesus, the truth is you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't know God. And in this moment, I believe this is a God moment for you to respond to his presence, to start a thriving relationship with God, not religion, but a relationship. And the amazing thing is that it's so available to every person that it's free for us. It didn't cost us anything. Jesus paid the price, but yet though it doesn't cost us to say yes, to start a relationship right now, it will cost you the rest of your life. You're gonna say, God, I, I choose to serve you. God, I'm gonna give you my life. I wanna make you, this is the way I like to say it, Lord and Savior of my life. That this is a defining moment for you. 
That it's your turn to say yes to God. I want a relationship. I want right now, in this moment, to respond to your presence. And I believe there are some of you here this morning, heads bowed, eyes closed. You're in this place. You say, right now, Pastor, I want a relationship with God, and I want to start it right now. If that's you, raise your hand all over the place. Raise your hand. I see. Raise it up high. I see you. Come on. Raise it up. There it is. Keep it up high. Today is your day. The day of salvation in this moment. Put your hands down. You say, well, what are we going to do? We're just going to pray a prayer. I can't pray it for you. I can pray it with you. I can't believe it for you, but I can believe it with you. I'm going to pray right now. Say this, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past and trying to do it on my own. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life right now. I receive your grace. I receive your power. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, everyone said.